Yo, 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 what it do, baby? What it do, what it do? <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's from Kawhi Leonard uh, having an Instagram Did post. you hear that, Brendan? The Kawhi Leonard, what it do, baby? He's the GOAT. The GOAT? Nah. That's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> you know, very good. You know, you know Kobe Bryant is the GOAT nah, out he, here, bro. Nah. Kawhi's the GOAT because he's a good dude. Yeah, he I know. You, you're about the, yeah, the good dude. Complain. I'm about character. Yo, 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 what's good? Welcome to the second episode on Toast to the Goodfellas. I'm your boy, Alan. And I'm your boy, Nicholas. Yo, just wanted to let y'all know, man, thank you for all the support and love you guys showed us on the first episode. We had a lot of views. We had some great downloads. Vanessa, shout out to you. You were an amazing guest. Absolutely. I love seeing all the feedback that we got from our episode. A lot of people coming up to us asking us how to get onto this podcast, how they can just spread their message. We appreciate all the love. Remember, you can email us. Our email is on our Facebook page, Toast to the Goodfellas. You can also DM us directly on Instagram. We look at all that stuff. We look at all the comments and make sure that we respond appropriately. Yeah, but I know y'all heard y'all heard our um, our guest that we have here. And um, I wanted to bring in my buddy, Brandon, um, who I currently work with right now. And I met him last year. Um, very interesting story this guy has. And interesting, I feel like, is an understatement. What's another synonym for interesting, bro? Because my vocabulary isn't that great. Man, you're just going to put me on the spot. Another word for interesting. Hmm. I like the word impeccable. It doesn't really... That, bro, that's a, that's, that's a, I would have never thought of impeccable. Impeccable story. Um, I learned something new every day from this guy. Me and him go at it every single day about different topics, about like different like faith-related stuff. And I figured he'd be an amazing guest to bring on to this show to kind of open up the minds of... Um, the people listening and just to basically if you guys have any feedback or anything or have want to strike a conversation about anything that we talk about today um i feel like it'd be um it, it really breaks some barriers between people you know and um hey bro i just want to let y'all know i know y'all can't see this but my dog made me a painting and it's got the miami dolphin colors and even though we're trash as fuck <laughs> yo brandon shout out to you bro thank you so much for making me this bro i needed we needed more um wall art here in my apartment yeah you do thank you brother appreciate it alan appreciate the kind words nick good to meet you brother absolutely man happy to be on the podcast it's a huge honor for me personally when alan first approached me about it uh well before today and bef when he was in the the time of just thinking about creating this um, I was super excited for him and just proud of the young man to see something like this move forward and, and the fact that he's actually really stepped up to the plate and he's trying to bring something new to Southwest Florida, bring a voice to Southwest Florida that's unique in itself and he's seen it through and kudos to you, brother. Yo, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. But, you know, I obviously wouldn't have done it without Nick and Nick was the one who actually came up with the name Toast of the Goodfellas and I definitely like without his help, you know, both of us, it was a 50, 50 effort, man. So thanks. Thanks, Brandon. You know, but also, you know, shout out to Nick as well, man. Um, but yeah, man, honestly, yo, just to like, let the people know 
So how how did you end up here in South Florida? Because I know you were telling me about where you've lived and like how you've had like such a you know a pretty interesting life before you moved here and it's, it's done a complete 180. So you know where'd you come from? How'd you end up here? Well, bro? it wasn't by plan, brother. I grew up in Massachusetts. After college, I moved to California, Southern California. I lived in San Diego and L.A. for 14 years. And I used to visit Fort Myers here as a kid because I have family here. My grandmother, when she was still alive, she lived here. My uncle, who I eventually moved out here to live with, lives here currently. So I was familiar with the area, but I never thought in a million years I would live here especially most recently living in downtown San Diego, which is a lot of fun and a cool place to be. You know, if you're going to look on a map and be like, oh, I'm going to go from San Diego, usually you go up and not to, not to dog on Fort Myers, but it's like, you don't go from, usually go from San Diego to, to Fort Myers, Florida. But here I am, never say never. And uh, it's good to be here, brother. Dope, dope, bro. Um, San Diego, man. I want to go to San Diego. I know we talked about a little bit how um, it's like the best like climate in the world. And, and then it's, it's funny because it's right next to Tijuana, which is one of the most dangerous places in the world. You've been to Tijuana, right? I sure have. How's that like? Like you described it. <laughs> it no, seriously, it's interesting. You have one of the best places in the whole world to live. San Diego is considered one of the best places in all of the world to live. And right next door, you have a third world country uh, in the sense that Tijuana is behind the times. And it's crime-ridden. It's polluted with corruption. And when you cross that border, or even when you approach the border, you recognize it. And you go from one extreme to another. It's pretty bizarre. But living like in San Diego, I know it's probably the country itself is one of the most, I would say, diverse, I would say, most diverse and also liberal areas in the United States. You know, especially coming from here in Fort Myers and just Florida itself being a little bit more conservative in their thinking. Um, I think it, it had to be an adjustment in terms of like moving from San Diego here to Fort Myers, in terms of how, the, how, you, how you think, how you go about interacting with the locals and things of that nature. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that to an extent, but at the same time, I came here for purpose. I didn't come here for environment. I didn't come here to one-up San Diego. I came here because I was on a mission. And I don't think it matters what environment you're in or what the place has to offer you. If you're there because you're there for a reason and it's beyond you, you go no matter what the condition is. And so did I wrestle with coming to Fort Myers? Absolutely. At the same time, I knew that coming here was the right thing to do. And that's what drove me. You know, when I moved from Massachusetts to California, I had a real fire in my belly to move. I had an emotion. I had a, a real feeling that it was time to pick up and go. And when I had that from San Diego to Fort Myers, it was similar in the sense that this was the right thing to do. It's time to go. And no matter what the future may hold, just go and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, it's kind of like stepping out of your comfort zone. I know we talk about that all the time, that people are afraid to get out that comfort zone. And you've done that multiple times. So what, like, what's your mindset on getting out of your comfort zone, bro? 
It's a part of life. But but that's a lot easier. That's a lot easier said than done. It's like, oh, it's a part of life. But like, how do you prepare for that? You can't. What? Let me take that back. You actually do, bro. It's not like you grew up in the best environment. Nick, I'd imagine you probably didn't grow up in the best environment. You've actually been trained. You just don't think about it like that, right? So you just got to go to that next level. And life is about going to that next level. And then the next level after that. And you just got to keep going regardless of the cost. And you're never going to be prepared, but you go anyway. So existentialists, the philosophers, they actually coined the term of just taking a leap of faith. And taking that leap of faith is no more than just, you know, taking that leap, like taking that step, no matter where you come from, no matter what adversity you've been through, no matter what mindset you're currently in, all it takes is just taking that first step. And um, you here have already have like taken that step. You've already uh, moved from one state to another state and just to be, to be able to move and like some people stay in Florida their whole lives but you're you came from California you you also came from Massachusetts and now you're here in Florida so you've experienced a lot of different people you've experienced a lot of different experiences and you talked earlier about a mission so I think that would be a good like leeway to just explain what that mission was and just give our listeners something to think about so how did yeah so yeah good good point Nick so first and foremost dude like before we get into that, what do you what do you think about South Florida? What do you think about Fort Myers? Like, you've been living here for how long? Almost uh, what a year and a half, right? Like officially living here. What do you think about the area in general compared to obviously like the big cities that you've lived in? And I know you grew up in a small town in Massachusetts. So how do how do you see Fort Myers? Like how do you see you know the lifestyle here? It's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, I lived in Boston when I was in college. Then I moved to. San Diego. I lived in Los Angeles. So I've lived in some, call them for what they are, premier places in the country, right? And then you move to Southwest Florida, which is for all intents and purposes, a retirement community or a place where a young family can come based off of the, the cost of starting a family here and really kind of kickstart that, right? There's not a whole lot of jobs here. But you can make do with what's here. And so if your intention is to build a family, this is a great place to start. The cost of living is not that compared to where I'm used to in California. No question. Where they charge you an arm and a leg just to buy like a Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> and then they charge you to eat the Twinkie and then work off the Twinkie. But that's going to happen you know, in all places that uh, have a quality of life that's going to grow. And you're going to have that here. You have good employers coming in. Uh, the cost of living is actually going up, even though it's relatively less than some other parts of the country. Do I like Southwest Florida? Some parts, right? A lot of people come here for the beach. I'm used to the beach. I lived on the beach in Los Angeles. Um, the best part of living here is probably Publix and the carrot cake that they offer in the bakery. Absolutely, man. Those pub subs are the truth. But how many times I got to tell you carrot cake, bro? It, it's all right. Cake. <laughs> Cookies and it's, cream. It's the old man in me. <laughs> it's got to be. You like them vegetables. When you I get like to your 30s. Soup. When you get to your 30s. Uh, you know, I've had carrot cake, but I've never actually tasted carrot in the cake. Just close your eyes. 
and pretend Close it's my there. Eyes and pretend bro, it's bro, there. well, I'm glad you mentioned Publix as part of like Florida thing. That's a big Florida um supermarket right there. Publix. <laughs> like if y'all don't know what Publix is, like hey, hey for the view, hey for the listeners, um in another state, man. We'll put you on, man. When y'all visit, man, I'll take y'all get a nice pub sub. And I'll get you, get you um I'll even buy you a carrot cake. Like my dog Brandon here. <laughs> He's got good recommendations. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, hey, just real quick, bro. Not real quick, because I know we're gonna talk about this a little bit. I know um you mentioned earlier how you you're on a mission. You're on a mission here and to help people. And that's really what you strive for, right? Helping people, yeah. So you're not really here for money purposes, for retirement, like you mentioned. Northern um, beaches. Right, northern beaches. So what's the mission, if you don't mind us asking? The mission is pretty simple, but very complicated, like most things are. I was living in downtown San Diego. I had a great job. I had a good lifestyle. Seemingly, on the surface, everything looked fantastic, especially from where I come from. And yet, I was still really empty inside. And I am a man of faith. And I went into my job one day, and I walked in after the holiday of Labor Day. And I, rather than going to my office and working that day, I went directly into HR, and I quit my job. Because I was at a point in my life where, yes, professionally I was doing well, but personally I was not. And I wanted to bridge the gap, and I felt, because of my faith, that the best thing to do was to focus on my relationship with God. And I didn't initially set out to come here to Florida. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to know God, and I wanted to know Him personally and intimately. And I felt that I needed to step out for me in some sort of wacky, crazy, extreme way to have that sort of relationship. And it led me to Florida. And what that was is I have an uncle who's an alcoholic, and he's someone that cannot hold down a job. He's divorced. He does not have a single friend in this world. And he would call me at times in San Diego, and he would be very emotional and he'd be hurting, and he'd be alone, and it broke my heart, and I felt like if I have this power of God in me, why am I using it for my own purposes in San Diego, and I'm not even happy myself, why not move here to Florida and bring whatever I have inside of me to his situation and hope to turn it around, and that's what the motivation was to come here to Fort Myers. Yeah, and it's it's a tough situation, I feel, because, I mean, the way I know you, we've talked about it um, before, we actually this show, we've talked about it a lot, how, you know, some certain family members that I've had have gone through alcoholism. Nick, I'm not sure if you've had some people who've gone through alcoholism. Yeah, I've had some family members that have gone through that. And, it's, and it's, it's not easy to deal with, and it's just like, oh, yeah, go get help. Yeah. It's, it's like... What? Like, like how, how effective is that to say, oh, yo, go get help? It's not. At all. At all. But I didn't know that. You know, so I, I had to learn the hard way. So I moved here. I drove here, mind you, about 2,700 miles across country. I had no job. I didn't have much of a savings. 
all I knew was that this was the right thing to do. And this was going to take uh, a lot of courage and a lot of faith. And that's what I was really going after. Did I want to help save my uncle? Absolutely. But I also, the most important thing, wanted to know God. And I felt like this was the thing for me personally to do. And that's what I set out to do. And so I came here thinking, oh, I'm going to turn this guy's life around in no time. I'm going to come in. I've got this great attitude. I've got this good quality of life thing that I'm used to. I'm just going to bring this to his world. And bam, he's going to come back to life. Boy, was I wrong. And the disease of alcohol is the real deal Holyfield, and it will knock you down. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I needed help. You needed help. And you went to other people for that, for asking for advice. Yes. So initially, prideful man comes in and says, oh, I got this. And I realized it was way over my head. And he was not going to listen to me. Not that I came in with, you know, oh, you must do this, this, and this, and this in order for your life to turn around. No, I didn't do that. However, I knew that his condition was way over my pay grade. I didn't have exposure to this. And though I grew up in an alcoholic environment, my parents are alcoholics. A good chunk of my family are alcoholics, but not to the severity of what my uncle's situation was. So I did not know what to do. And so I went to meetings, Al-Anon meetings, which are essentially meetings. It's a community very similar to AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's meant for family members and friends of people who are affected, affected negatively by the disease of alcohol. And so I started going to these meetings and I realized that I needed to get into the right community to learn how to communicate and to live with an alcoholic at this severity. Right, right. And um, so you met other people. I know you were living from place to place because you first moved in with your uncle when you got here, right? I did. So I first moved in to this, what I thought would be a decent environment because it's a family member, right? You think, oh, I'm going to move into a family member situation. He's got a spare bedroom that my cousin, who's a, now a junior at Florida State, used to, to live in. I took over his bedroom. Things are going to be fine. I moved in just in time for the Super Bowl last year. The Patriots were in the Super Bowl. We're, oh, Lord. Yeah, that's Maybe that's <laughs> uh, for another team. day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually like that Super Bowl. Defense. That's right. That's right. And uh, so I moved in for the Super Bowl. And because he and I are both from Massachusetts, and so there's strategy on my part to do that, and I thought we were going to bond. But quickly the relationship turned sour because anyone who is at the alcoholic state that my uncle is, he's about having control over his environment. And having me in his home, he was losing control of his environment. So after a couple of months, I literally had to leave. It got so bad that I, I had to leave the environment. And I got into my car. I, I brought all my belongings into my car. And I went over to the Starbucks right off of Daniels and 41, the one right by the Target there. And I'm sitting in the parking lot and I'm just crying. And I'm like, what in the world just happened to my life? And I had nowhere to go. And I went and I sat in a hotel room for a week or so and had to figure it out. And then I know you ended up moving somewhere else. You ended up finding a place. You moved into different other places. And I know you've talked about 
some adversities that you've dealt with in the certain places that you've lived in, right? Sure. So from there, I was honestly just praying every day. I didn't have a plan. I was either leaving and start driving back to California and hoping that things would just work out again in, in my old career in hospitality in the hotel world or stay, stay in the struggle. And I got a call from my aunt, which was my uncle's ex-wife. She was at this point divorced and remarried. So I didn't necessarily want it. She lived in Cape Coral. I didn't want to hit her up and be like, hey, I know you're remarried to some other dude, but why don't I just come uh, live with you? She actually reached out to me and she offered uh, a room for me. And I went and I lived with her for a couple months until the next place. So I, Brandon, I don't really know you too well. This is actually my first time meeting you. But let me get this straight. You not know you were lived in San Diego. You didn't know what you wanted to do because you felt like you didn't really have a sense of purpose, correct? Well, I knew my purpose. My purpose was to help my uncle, but well, that I mean, went awry. Yeah, before like you uh, knew that you wanted to help your uncle, you felt like you were like you weren't happy, right? Correct. Correct. So that led you to wanting to help other people, correct? Yeah. And that also led you to wanting to help your uncle. Correct. So your spiritual awakening, I would say, of of your faith kind of guided you to this path that is not so clear. Correct. It wasn't clear at that time. It's very clear now. It's clear now. But at the time, it wasn't very clear. And that's so hard to like just even fathom to be able to take that leap, that fa- that leap of faith and go on a mission to help somebody where you don't even know the specifics of what you're supposed to do, but you find a way to do it anyway. That's that's wild. That's inspiring. But let's get back to this mission, because that was that's an awesome story. Well, right there. it gets worse, actually. <laughs> So <laughs> let's continue this. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Trust, trust me, trust yeah, me. Here so it is, here I, it is. I moved in with my uncle's ex-wife, my aunt, who is also an alcoholic. She is in recovery, so she's about ten or eleven years sober now. And she marries someone that she met in AA in Alcoholics Anonymous in the meetings, and she marries a man, and they're now doing well together in Cape Coral. And I move in with them. They end up buying a home and I help them. They're going through a remodeling process. I helped them do that. And then I knew it was time for me to move on to the next place. So I needed to find another, mind you, I have, I'm not working at this time. I'm here several months now. I have no money, $0. And I meet a friend at church and my friend at church is an incredible one of the best human beings on this planet and i thank god that i met this person but by random quote unquote random circumstance i met this person at church and i tell him about my situation about how i'm trying to help my uncle and i moved here from california he happens to be an alcoholic in recovery and very active in aa and he lives in this amazing apartment in downtown Fort Myers at the Oasis Towers. And he says, oh, you can come live with me. And so I roll in one day to go and see this new place that I'm possibly going to move into. He's on the 29th floor. He opens the door to me. and I'm just like, whoa, is this like the the Ritz Carlton? 
what is this place? And so here I am, like literally not barely knowing this, knowing this person. He gives me his key and he says, by the way, I'm going out of town for the week. I'm going on vacation. Here's my apartment. He doesn't even know me. And he gives me this, the keys to this amazing apartment. And so that's when I knew, that's when it started to click that, all right, God's got my back. These, these random places to live with my aunt, which you might say, oh, she's family. Well, no, she's, she's remarried. She's moved on from my uncle. And then I meet this person at church who allows me to move in with them. And it was through that time period that I lived with him that I ended up getting the job that I have now working with Alan. And it was when I was living there at uh, the Oasis Towers. Damn. You, you, I don't think you told me about the time that he left you. By, by yeah, the very first day. The very very day. first day. Wow. Here's the key. I'm, I would have I'm I'm low, low, low key been a little creeped out about that. <laughs> I would have never done it. <laughs> I would have never yeah, done yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's, that's bizarre. And it man. wasn't like a rat trap. It wasn't like this... Weird, smelly, nasty old place, wherever. It was this amazing, immaculate, clean apartment. And I was like, and it was called the Oasis. I was like, wow, this is really an oasis for me. With the stuff that I've been through living in my uncle's nasty, dirty environment. And I, I'm not trying to be mean, but that's what it, when you're an alcoholic at that level, you don't live in a clean environment. It was a bad place to live. So- I know you, you say you go to um you go to church and you meet other people, right? You meet other alcoholics. You've met a ton of alcoholics throughout your time here. I have. Yeah. So what's your experience in helping these people and interacting with them every day? Well because cause I usually go to you and be like, oh, like alcoholic like I know I've known a couple alcoholics, but the way you describe them to me is kind of a on another level here. Well not I mean, they're everywhere, but And just to chime in for people who do know a lot of alcoholics, you don't really want to hang around these alcoholics because their behaviors, like they get really wild sometimes. And it just makes you not even want to be around them because they, sometimes they don't even like correct. Can't even think properly of what they want to do for the entire day. They All they could think about is when they're going to get the next drink. Correct. And it's really like mind blowing to like just be in that type of environment, but to, you know, thrive and actually help people who are kind of helpless is, is well, and me. that's the thing. There's two different kinds of alcoholics. You have the active drinker, who's my uncle, and then you have the person that's in recovery. That's someone who is not currently using, whether it's drinking or drugs or whatever it might be. And most of my experience are with the people who are in recovery. Now, what makes these people special? is that just like you said, Nick, they're thinking about their next drink. And this isn't a joke. This is life or death for a lot of these people. If they, if they are sober and they go out, and that's the term they use, they go out. If they go out and they drink, a lot of times they actually die because their alcoholism, the disease, is so intense that they cannot turn turn it off they can't go and have a beer they need to have 500 beers and i've known several people and when i hear their stories it literally breaks your heart but when they go to the store and they're they're going from being sober to drunk again they go and they buy like a handle of vodka 
and they chug it in one sip because they actually want to die. That's how intense that the disease is. And it's, and it's hard, it's hard to see. And I've actually, since I've gotten into this community and I've met people, I have witnessed and have seen and have met several people who are no longer with us in the short amount of time that I've been. Yeah. I I was just about to ask you that if you've had like experienced, you know, death and obviously like we obviously hope not, but like, I know you've just said that you have, you know, and that puts you in the mindset, like, dude, like, and you, and you, and you've been, you were close to those people, right? I was. So I think what you are possibly alluding to is after I left my friend's apartment in downtown Fort Myers and he was actually selling his apartment. So that's why I moved out of there. And I just don't want to be a burden either. You know, here he is a, a wonderful guy. He's super busy and I don't, um, he, he's letting me stay there at no cost. And I had gotten a job at where we work. And so I was looking for my next place to live. My aunt put me in contact with her best friend, who was also a person in AA. She was 26 years sober. She was a widow. Her husband actually tragically died in a work accident a few years back. And she's living in Cape Coral, but she had an extra bedroom. And she allowed me to move in with her. Well, I did. And six months later, she actually took her own life. And her disease of alcoholism and great, great mental distress, distress and depression, it killed her. And I actually found her after church one day. I knew something was wrong in the, in the home. There were two dogs that she had. There was just no movement in the house, and I knocked on her door, no answer, and I opened the door, and I found her on the bed, and she was still alive at that time, and I immediately called 911, and she ended up dying three days later. So if you do not deal with your issues, and if you're not active and proactive, breaking down your own barriers and your past and the stuff that you're struggling with, it will kill you. And I've seen it firsthand. So I lived with this woman thinking that I had a good place to live. Yes, I knew she had depression. Yes, I knew she had some issues from the past. But did I ever think in a million years I would move from where I was in San Diego, move into a home, an alcoholic home, find myself homeless, then eventually move into a place where a woman took her own life? If you could have drawn that up, how many people are signing up for that? Absolutely, absolutely no. I, I personally don't know anybody that other than you that's done no one something to that Nobody. extreme. And to even think about that, just those think those things that happened in your life and you being the man that you are now, full of faith, some of those experiences to most people would break down that faith a little bit, would kind of get them discouraged to even think that there is a God watching over them. Um, but you? What a wonderful statement. What a wonderful statement, because I totally agree with that. And if it wasn't because of the hardship, because of the situations I have been put in, that is actually what made me strong. I, had, I have no backup plan. I came here with no backup plan. I came here all cards on the deck, willing to do whatever it took to help my uncle or to grow my relationship with God. There was no going back. 
And as many times as I thought about it, and dude, here's the craziest thing. I had a really good job. I had a really good life. Many times when I was struggling, not even looking for jobs, but just even living in my uncle's situation, I would get contacted by recruiters and and hotel companies because I I had a really good strategic role in, in the hotel world, proactively contacting me to interview all throughout the country. And I said no to every single one of those opportunities. I could have easily gone back. And even now, I could have easily gone back to where I was and make three times the money that I'm making right now. I'm, I'm a better human being because I went through that struggle. And as hard as it has been, it is the best thing that's happened to me. And that sounds terrible because people's lives have, have ended. But now I have a story to tell, and it has real power. And if you're struggling through something, you better believe I'm going to tell you Right, your your yeah, best days and, are um, actually ahead of you. You can get through this. What you've seen so far has been completely. It's been like it's you're scarred, basically, right? You're scarred. It's something that not a lot of people. Well, you're scarred if you accept that. And Alan, we've talked about this before. You're a victim if you want to be. I would I would see it more as like just a badge, not necessarily a scar. Okay. Yeah, I would see it more as just a badge. Yeah. Like experience. a championship ring. Yeah, kind of like a championship ring. <laughs> you didn't win the Super Bowl, but you want something much more. Well, well, it's kind of, you You didn't, like, essentially, it's not, what you say, a championship ring? I guess, but you don't realize how good it is until later. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know how good you have until it. Until you reflect back. Right? Actually, no. Here's the crazy thing about real faith is that you're so equipped and you're so strong that you know that tough things are going to come your way. The Bible actually says, consider it great joy when trials come your way. And that sounds crazy. It sounds counter to what life is all about and what, where culture is taking us. And not that these times were joyous times, by no means are they. But I knew that through these times that I was going to grow and I was going to become a better person and have the ability to help impact other people's lives. And I, dude, you know how many times I meet new people and the very common question comes up of, hey, man, what brought you here to Southwest Florida? Hey, man, what do you do? And you drop a bomb on them, like some of the stuff that I've talked about. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's what they be like. Yeah. And that's not me. I just happened to sign up for it. You know, I just happened to go through it. But it's going to be radically different than the person who says, oh, hi, I work at Hertz, and I have graduated from so-and-so, and I am fr- boring. Bo- and, and I'm not trying to be mean. Try to shade at me, bro. What the hell? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I hear you. I hear Some you. Some people are like, you. man, that guy's too deep. I don't want to talk to him no more. Yeah. <laughs> no, bro. No, it be like that sometimes, bro. I feel like, because I feel like Brandy be going off. But no, I, I, no, I'm being real with you, bro. Like, we talk about this What's all the time. What's more important? And I'm just like, yo, I'm, tr- I'm trying to like have a conversation low key like you want to talk to me about the game i want to talk to you about life <laughs> no nah, i could talk about life bro you know that i be talking about the game and life because i always try to put the game into like life examples too low key <laughs> so it's kind of like what was what's the saying 
um, killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> it's funny that you say that you feel that way because going back to existentialism, when the mirrors reflected back at you at your own self and you don't know like where you like where you can go, like what your life is going to, you know, be like or if you don't have some sort of purpose you kind of feel anxious. You get that anxiety. Like you don't want to think about it anymore. You want to think about something else. You want to talk about the game. You don't want to think about what's going on in your life right now and what you can fix because you feel like it's too big of an obstacle to overcome. But when you are adding faith into the equation, now that faith is helping you, you know, see those answers. But the only thing you need to do to actually get that solution is just take a leap of faith but every time you think of that leap of faith, you get the anxiety. And it's crazy because everybody that, not every, every human being, if you don't really necessarily have the door of faith open, you will feel that anxiety. Yeah. But once you open that door of faith, that anxiety tends to flee a little bit and you can actually feel that. So relief. confront your demons is what you're saying. Not necessarily confront your demons, but don't be afraid of your demons. Go along for the ride. See what they take, where they take you, but just know that there's a better place that they're going to take you. Don't think that they're going to just take you to hell. They're gonna, there's a better place that they're going to take you, and you're going to have to learn and overcome and be that warrior. But that's just my opinion. That's, that's how I see things. You just got to overcome it, and you got to be able to just learn from well, it. Well, that's the thing. that You have to confront it. You can't hide from it. You can't escape it. You can't just cover it up. That, that anxiety is real, but if you don't uh, like tackle it head on and you allow the anxiety to dictate your life, you're going to wake up one day, you're going to be 60 years old, life has passed you by, and guess what? You still have anxiety. You haven't tackled it. And the biggest enemy that we all have is not a real enemy. It's not like we're Donald Trump, and Donald Trump has real enemies throughout the world. We're not Donald Trump. Our enemy is not your neighbor. It's not the person that you work with. It's your own mind. And if you do not tackle your own mind, it will kill you. And that's not external. That's internal. So if we're living in a world and the only enemy that we really have is our mind, we got to go after our mind. And that's what our boy David Goggins does is he is a guy where, yes, he does some crazy physical stuff. And, and if you guys don't know who he is, look him up. He's a former Navy SEAL. I read his book. It's fucking amazing. What's the name of the book? It's called Can't Hurt Me. And just how Brandon said, it, he's a former Navy SEAL. He goes through some insane physical fitness, some crazy shit. But he's not really essentially saying everybody's got to go and do 10,000 push-ups in one day. He's not saying that. What he's saying is you need to push yourself to limits that you're completely not comfortable with because that's the way you're going to grow, right? Exactly. He's all about beating the mind. And our mind, if we go back to it being our worst enemy, it's the real deal. And he knows that. And he was not in the place that he is today. And the only thing that held him back was his own mind. And so his whole... His whole shtick, if you will, is to beat the mind. So he does it through these crazy physical feats. He had the world record for most pull-ups in 24 hours or something for a while. 
he does these long ultra marathons of of a hundred plus miles. He did one once where he had like a broken leg and he still ran through I it. I read that. I read that. And yeah. like won it or something or placed at least. That's insane. And it wasn't a physical thing. He beat his mind, dude. This guy does these crazy physical feats with no music, bro. He ain't listening to Jay Z. He ain't listening to. Uh, he ain't listening to um, my boy, what was say, uh, Gunna or Lil Baby. He ain't listening to all that. He's not listening to hype music. He's listening to his mind. You want to know why? Because he feels like that inspires him or gets him motivated, and he doesn't want those motivations. He wants to go and tackle the hardest shit in his life, and that hardest shit is to have no influence, no positive benefits from outside of him. He's just going after it. And that is something that is absolutely insane. Very few of us do. But you want to know what? He's got an audience. He's got an audience because people are weak and they're vulnerable and they want to not feel the way that they do. They don't want to have the anxiety that you talked about. And he's a great person to listen to and he's got a great platform because he will absolutely motivate you to get out of your shit. Yeah, like honestly, with this podcast, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, Nick, here. Um, when I started listening and watching David Goggins and please, what was listening, look this guy up. Trust me. You, you, you will absolutely love his you, content. You've told me about him I, I, and yeah. I followed him on Instagram and I see him running all the time. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. I keep, usually keep my phone on silent. So I don't really see, like hear what he's saying. All I see is just every single time I'm scrolling through, he's running shirtless. So you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my phone back onto sound nah. so I can actually hear what he's saying. And read and read and read what he read what he says too. Um, part of the reason why I personally wanted to start this was his book that I read and the shit that I, he posts on social media and stuff inspired me, bro, to like get out of my comfort zone, try something new, and try to create something. So, mind you, like, I definitely had, like, my doubts in starting this. I'm not going to lie, bro. I, I did. But I just kept thinking about what the, fuck he's, what the fuck he says and going through his posts every single day. And I'm thinking here, why wouldn't I want to start this? And why wouldn't I want to change something and try to grow myself, you know, and try to interact with other people? And that's how other people should see it. And they don't got to go and start a podcast. I'm not saying go, go and start a podcast and go and work out. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying whatever you're trying to do to better yourself within yourself, you should go ahead and try to do it. I totally understand where you're coming from because that th that exact point is what m caused me and Alan to click so well. It's like, why not just go ahead and start this podcast? We both want, you know, something more. We both want to, you know, uh, tickle our creative fancy. But we also just wanted to make sure that we created a platform that not only that we can grow, but we can learn from the people who live in Southwest Florida now and just our, our next door neighbor. Just understand who we are living with and who is around us and who can teach us how the ways of this life that we don't know already. Because myself, I'm 26 years old. Well, Alan, you're what? You're what, 23? He's like seven. Yeah, he's like seven years old. He's 23. Uh, Brandon, you're... Oh, I'm an old man. I'm old <laughs> enough to be everyone's grandpa. But, dude, here's the thing. And all those thoughts that you guys had, guess who was your distraction? Guess who was your enemy? Ourselves. It was yourself. It was your mind telling you, ah, you can't do this. Ah, you ain't going to be good at this. Ah, this ain't for you. 
it wasn't someone that you know. It wasn't a family member or a friend or a neighbor. No one was telling you that. You were telling you that. And that's the thing. you got to go after your mind. If you don't go after your mind, it will destroy your life and you'll never reach your full potential. Uh, Brandon, do you know the story of Abraham and when God uh, told him that he needed to take a leap of faith? Of course. So that story itself like correlates with this whole topic of faith. I feel like that story not many people know of. But when I heard it for the first time, I was like, wow, like that if that doesn't explain what faith is and like what a leap of faith can do to one's life it's it's just crazy to me but nick that's that is actually the design so i'm not surprised that i that i've been able to survive the hardship of not having a plan and coming here with no money no resources no community nothing that normal people would rely on to get them through like i i come from a poor family so it's not like i could call dad and be like hey dad i happen to be in florida i'm in a tough spot can i have five thousand dollars that phone call is not happening i don't have anyone to call like i said i had no backup plan but when you truly rely on god and you truly believe that he will provide for you you're going to go and i wanted to experience that i didn't know what that meant i only read about it in the big book but I didn't know it until I lived it. And now I know, and I'm better for it, that it's actually true. Yeah, and part of, part of having that strong mindset, I know we talk about it all the time, and David Goggins actually talks about it too, about having an important diet. And we're not saying, yo, you can only go ahead and eat green beans. Because trust me, I fucking hate green beans sometimes, bro. <laughs> bro, green beans are but good. Like, bacon with them? <laughs> Ooh, but, bacon with them. And but, onions. But I'm not going to lie, I, I was really skinny, and I've always been really skinny my whole life, and I started gaining weight these past couple of years, and it's just on my stomach. I always talk about it all the time with everybody. I'm like, so yo, I get, I, get fucking, <laughs> I get fucking love handles, bro. Love handles. That shit's annoying as fuck, bro. bro. You're, telling me I got you're full of love, bro. But, like, motherfucking carbs and sweets and shit. My, sweets is my thing. But I realized, I'm not going to lie, I started changing my diet a little bit, and I started eating a lot healthier. And I'm not saying I don't eat unhealthy because, trust me, I could, I could fuck up a pizza, a whole pizza, <laughs> trust me. Um, but I started working out, I started eating healthier, and that kind of helped my mindset a little more. And Brandon, I know you go through some crazy, insane diet routines sometimes. Can you go ahead and elaborate and talk about that a little bit? I do. And it's in part because I grew up in such an unhealthy environment. So as I get older, I realize how important health is really the only currency that you have. Right, you can have all the money in the world. You, you hear this story all the time. Someone's dying of cancer. What would they give? They'd give everything to have another day of health. So health is an important thing, but it's not just diet. I think diet is important, and I think that you should be able to have some good things at sometimes. But you need to have discipline. If you don't have discipline in your diet, you're likely going to be lacking discipline in other parts of your life. So it's not just diet, it's sleep. You need to have sleep. You need to have energy to actually do something great. You need to have community. You need to be around people who are going to tell you, yo, Al, yo, Nick, you guys are awesome. Want to see you succeed. I'm going to help you succeed. You need these people. You also need people to tell you that you suck. You know, you need both. It's not criticism. It's important. That's right. Tell Alan he sucks all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's looking at him, not looking at him. Yeah, I'm still trash though. No, no, no. (laughs) You know, so you need you need all these things. You also need to be able to learn and grow. You need to 
strive to learn new things. And I don't care how that looks, but if you're not seeking wisdom, you're going to fall behind. And not just even like the next guy, just in your own life, you know? You should be always seeking to learn something new. And so if you're not running on all cylinders on some of these things, you're in trouble. You need all of these things to be clicking on all cylinders in order to get to that next day. And I'm going to add in one thing. It's the spiritual world. We're spiritual beings. I believe that. And if 99.99999% of our lives are going to be spent in the spiritual realm, well, why not learn about that now? Why not have some practice with it now so that when that happens, we're a little more prepared for it, whatever that looks like. So if we don't tap into that energy, into that strength, into that wisdom, into whatever it might bring us, we're in trouble. Why, why white knuckle it? On your own strength and your own wisdom, when you could tap into something that might help you. I hear you. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, I mean, we have these conversations a lot. I mean, we talk about this shit all the fucking time. And, you know, you're part of the reason, bro. I'm not going to lie, man. You're part of the reason why I've kind of, you know, tried to take a different approach in how, you know, because I, like I always say all the time, I'm like, bro, I love to eat. I love sweets. I, I can still fuck up a cake. You know, I could definitely fuck up a cake and everything, but I always try to think of those repercussions, too, if I do that. But here's how I look at it, Alan. You're a young man. I'm a big fan of yours. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't. I want to see you reach your potential. And I want you to be surrounded by people who not only want to see you reach your potential, but for you to have an understanding of what your potential is, right? You cannot reach your potential if you're lacking in these areas. You cannot be fully alive, fully human, if you're not crushing it in all these areas. And the best people that have ever lived crush it in these areas. And there's no excuse. You go after it. And we need to go after it. We need a generation of people who, regardless of the victim mentality and how they were raised, and dad left, and mom did this, and this happened to me, woe is me. No, no excuses. Shit's in the past, yeah. No, no, I hear you. Like, people's like, oh, well, this, I can't do this because this happened to me. Yo, move the fuck on from that shit, bro. G shit, right, Nick? Absolutely, man. I don't know how many times you guys uh, see it in your lives, but I definitely have people that I know that are consistently complaining that their life is not going in the direction that they thought it was. And I, to me, I'm like, I feel like it's obvious. I'm like, of course your life is not going in the direction you thought it was because there's no plan uh, for your life unless you put the plan into motion, unless you take the steps that you need to take to actually, you know, live the life you want to live. And even on top of that, there's still going to be, you know, wrinkles in your plan. You're just going to have to learn how to accept that, learn from it and continue to keep living your life to and li- one of the things i really like love that people say is that you must live authentically i think that's the goal that everybody should have you should uh, be, you should be able to live authentically be your authentic self and just like don't even worry about what other people say about you just go out and do what makes you happy go do out and do what makes you feel fulfilled am i right brandon you just said something that I get on Alan for all the time, and I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just I, I, said you just said me, the man. words that I already know. Here it comes. Here it comes. Go ahead, Brandon. Say do it. whatever <laughs> makes you happy. Yo, Nick, do you think moving here to Southwest Florida 
moving into the situations I did makes me happy. No, but you didn't know what wasn't. You didn't know that you hold on. How do I word this? You knew that you were unhappy. So you wanted to make a change. Correct. But it wasn't about seeking happiness. It was seeking purpose. And the purpose made you happy. Well, it makes you happy. Happy is Alan and I just had a long conversation about this at lunch the other day. <laughs> we, we literally have this conversation all the time about this, but we go, Bro, go ahead. Alan go ahead. just let me walk right into this. No, 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 no. This, this is good. Go ahead. Go ahead. And the way that I look at happiness, and this is the real deal. This isn't like Brandon making shit up. Happiness is in pockets. You have moments of happiness. It's not something that you can sustain. You can't have twenty four hours of happiness. If you do, you're on drugs yeah. or you got some yeah. fine ladies. Definitely you know what I'm here. saying? There's some, there's some sort of external there going on. It's not sustainable. And I'm not saying that, oh, my God, that's really hard to hear that happiness is not fully sustainable. But the truth is, it's not. No matter what you have, at some point, you're going to be like, ah, I'm kind of over this. You know, you meet that fine honey. You like her for the first two weeks. And on week three, you're like, I'm looking for uh, her sister. Oh, God. <laughs> you know? I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to speak on that at all. I'm just going to yeah, let yeah, that. That's, I'm just going to let that's, that roll. That's, that's all, all right, that's all so thing. y'all aren't going to be real with me. Y'all <laughs> We're going to be real. No, I, I, will be, I will be real, bro. I mean, I'm listen. I'm not looking like, at no I've, sister. I've, I've, had, I, I've, had, I've, had some savage, I've had some savage moments in my life, in my past life. I'm not going to lie. I would be sitting here lying if I told you I'm a fucking angel because I am not a fucking angel. And most of the people listening are not angels either. Yeah, <laughs> right? Don't yeah. even pretend like yeah. you ain't. Don't send us yeah, no yeah, DM yeah, yeah. talk about I'm an angel. Yeah. Yeah, the no, point but- is, is happiness comes and goes. It's fleeting. You can't hold on to it forever, right? You're happy one moment and the very next day, depending on your circumstances or how you wake up and you roll out of bed that day, you're going to be unhappy. So if you're just chasing happiness, life's going to be pretty hard for you, brother. And so that's why you need to be seeking things like purpose. You need to be seeking things like building your character because those things have longevity. Those are the things that are going to get you to that next level. And here's the argument I make with you, bro, all the time. I'm like, okay, dude, what makes me happy right now? Okay, maybe Fort Myers isn't as popping as Miami is. I'm from Miami. I love Miami, but I can't live there again because of my past life and my past life experience. I don't want to go back there. (laughs) (laughs) Not even, not even the savage life, bro. Like about personal life, like family stuff, you know, um, I love my family, but you know, I've been through a lot. I was a lot. I've been through a lot when I was growing up. It doesn't make me happy to be over there. It makes me happier to be here. So I'm basically doing what makes me happy. But you're proving my point. You're building character over here. It's not necessarily about happiness. I think you're getting happiness here, but you're also becoming the best version of yourself by being away from that environment. But I knew, but, but I knew when I moved out, I was going to be a little happier because of what my situation was back then. I knew I was going to be happier, so I took that happy route. And I don't, and necessarily, bro, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think that's a wrong thing to do. And I'm not, and I'm not saying every single time like someone's got to chase it, but it's not a wrong thing to do. What makes you happy? We've had societies in in our history and i'm not necessarily saying here in the united states but if you read a history book you go back to the roman empire you go back to egyptian empire you go back to these parts of of real history and people who sought sought pleasure which is essentially what you're saying 
happiness. These places all were corrupt and were eventually demolished by something. It's not sustainable. And the again, I'm going to use great human beings as the example that we're striving for. The people that you know that you've met, that you look up to them, you say, wow, I want to be just like this person when I grow up. Or wow, someday I want to achieve the level of success that that person has. That person is not driven by happiness. Happiness will come and go in their life, but that's not what's driving them. That's not the core root of who they are. Because if I wanted happiness, bro, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I'd be out somewhere. I'd be... We'd be, we'd be, at, we'd be at Scarlet's, yeah. I, I'd be eating carrot cake. This sounds pathetic, actually. But I'd be doing something to seek pleasure. And that's just not sustainable. And that I'm going to wake up the next day with a hangover, call out of work, then I get fired. Like, there's just this terrible effect of seeking happiness. Mind you, you can manipulate your life to such a level where you can escape some of these hardships that come with seeking happiness, but it will catch up to you and it's not sustainable. And that's why I don't preach it. So Nick, you said one little comment and it's the same thing that Alan said to me uh, months ago, do whatever makes you happy. And I immediately had like this, this fire. He literally cringed in front of me. I'm like, fire, bro. What is wrong with you? <laughs> because I, I, Alan, honestly, I mean, I know I'm, I'm older, but, and here I am, the old guy telling you. Hey, listen, Sonny, listen, Sonny. Hey, Sonny. I'm here like, bro, what? <laughs> no, 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 but he's got some good points. Go, but I would never say? sit down with a person and give him some sort of advice or direction and say to him, hey, young man, I know you've come from such and such, and I know you're looking to go to this place. So just do what makes you happy. I would never say that to someone. You know, I tell people do what makes you happy as a way to like kind of get them like to leave me alone. Like, hey, Nick, what do you think about this? I think you should do whatever makes you happy. That's like it's, it's a cliche. that. But why lead them in that direction? <sighs> Sometimes I just don't want to lead them in the it. right direction. Leading them on, bro. You can't, you can't be Listen, leading them on. Listen, these are the years <laughs> where I can be selfish. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I do be selfish. Sometimes. Yeah, and I talk about sometimes. Well, Brandon, like like we talked about before, like how I be looking at, you know, myself sometimes. Um, I can be selfish, but being selfish sometimes isn't a bad thing when you're trying to take care of yourself. I know you've heard of the saying, how are you going to take care of other people when you can't take care of yourself, right? I have heard that. I don't like, necessarily agree with it, but... If you want me to comment, well. Well, we can we can agree to disagree on it though. So, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, obviously, you've done all these risks. You've taken all these risks to come here to Southwest Florida, and throughout your life, you've done some crazy shit that a lot of people won't do. So, what what drives you to be such like a great motivating person, and what is your definition of success? Well, for me, the number one contributor is my relationship with God. And I am a, like I said, a strong faith person. Without doubt, 100% of everything that I'm all about 
is because of my relationship with Jesus. And it sounds weird because I'm not like, oh, Jesus, woo! Yeah, he's not like, <laughs> hey, yo, yo, hey, for people in Fort Myers, he's not like the street preacher. I Trust me, he's not like the street preacher you see. I tried to talk to him. He didn't even want to talk to me. Or at Fort Myers Beach. He did try to talk to him. How, how'd that go? Didn't go well. It did not. <laughs> but go, go ahead, go ahead. Um, What were you going to say about, you know, in regards to... So that's my motivation. Yeah. And with that, what I want to do is I want to treat people to the best of my God-given ability. And I think that's what makes someone successful. So here's the thing about the culture that we live in. Someone goes out and they play the Mega Millions. They win $5 million. Does that make that person successful? No. Wish that happened to me, though. But but you guys are saying no, but the world would say, oh, man, this guy's got $5 million. But this person could be fill in the blank, not a really good human being. But what about the lunch lady that for 30 years she served at the local school and helped these children and loved on them and smiled at them and did all these wonderful things in the, in the school district for 30 years? You want to know what? The world's going to say not successful. Why? Because she didn't have the five million dollars right which is bullshit which is bullshit so success is a really tough question what is the most important thing to define success and for me what i think it is is character what are you doing to build character what are you doing to impact the world around you what are you doing to help the person next to you and that makes someone successful if your life is about helping others at all cost that is success and if it's about having a yacht, and if it's about having a Lamborghini or a retirement to where you can you know, retire at the age of 45 and play golf with Alan for the rest of your life. Y'all don't want to play golf with me. Alan's trash at golf. Back to that cafeteria yeah. lady. If she yeah. makes pizza two days in a row, she's successful. My right. <laughs> but you see my point. Yeah. My yeah, point is it. that yeah. it's not an easy question. And that success is what is the greatest impact you can have for the greater good? And if you can take the talents that you have and you can take the gifts that you have, and maybe this lunch lady had just the talent of smiling. And every time a kid came through that line, she smiled. And that kid came from a hard upbringing. And that kid came from real strife at home. And then he went to lunch and this lady always loved on him. You're trying to tell me that's not success? No. It's great success. Well done, lady. And we need more lunch ladies. And that sounds really weird to say, but we need people who care a damn about the other person. You're absolutely right. And we literally say this all the time. How everybody, what's your purpose in life? It's like people go back to like, oh, I want to make money. Shit, bro. Everybody wants to fucking make money, bro. I want money. Branding wants money. Nick wants money. What's your fucking purpose in life? Like, right there what you said about the lunch lady making the kid happy. You're impacting somebody else's life other than yours. You know, you're, that's what you strive for. You know, when you strive for something like that, that is what makes you great and successful. And here's correct? the thing, and not to make this sad, but this is the worst thing that we do. Let's say that this lady is at the grocery store and you strike a, up a conversation with her. Yeah. 
right? You run into her and you have this conversation in line. Like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I was in, all, in this joyful spirit. Oh, I was a lunch lady for 30 years. And this guy happens to be like some big wig at some company, right? He immediately brushes her off. It happens a lot. Completely just devalues the impact that this woman has. And not only that, what she's done, but now she feels like she wasn't good enough. That breaks my heart. That literally breaks my heart. And that's what we do to people. And that's the words that we spit out of our mouths. It's not right. We need to be building people up. We need to be helping people. We need to be loving people. And so, yeah, do I get that from my faith? Absolutely. But we all have the ability to do that. Absolutely, man. I used to like strike up conversations with my lunch ladies all the time. And I did have a hidden agenda for the, you know, extra scoop or some free free food. But, you know, getting to know them was actually one of my favorite things is because they all knew knew me by name. So they would look forward to me going to lunch because we would always have that conversation. I had one lunch lady in particular who would always give me a free cookie every single time I would come to lunch. Here's your free cookie. And we would just talk for like about like five minutes. Then I'll go to my table and talk to my friends. And they're like, yo, how you always get these free cookies? I was like, because you're not talking to the lunch ladies. They're really cool people. I used to just go to class with a bunch of cookies and people were like, yo, you bought all those cookies? I'm like, I just I ain't yo, bought all these cookies. You be selling cookies. You be, yo, you make a business out of selling cookies. and bro, oh my God. Yeah, but look at that. We went from caring about cookies to caring about mansions and cars and girls and money, right? Like, what? Yeah, it's crazy how it leads to that. But we're programmed to do that shit. It's crazy. I, ca- I be catching myself, too. I'm like, damn, I should not be just looking into that. I mean, I say all the time, bro, I fucking love jewelry. I love gold. I love Cuban links. I love bracelets, you know. But is that important? No. I mean, I love it. But I make sure that that's not going to make me who I am. You know what I mean? I always say about the purpose that I want in life. Like, yeah, I like rocking jewelry. But just because I rock jewelry doesn't mean that I'm not going to be a humble person or a caring person. You know what I mean? Yo, I read this, I read this quote today on, on Instagram. Well, it's not a quote. It's a, well, yeah, it was like a post. Listen to this. There are four types of wealth. Number one, financial wealth, money. Number two, social wealth, status. Number three, time wealth, freedom. Number four, physical wealth, health. Be wary of jobs that lure you in one and two, money and status, that but rob you of three and four, freedom and health. What do y'all think about that? I like that. I do. I like that. What about you, Brandon? It's what I'm doing. That, that's... I feel like that was a sign. Exactly. I feel like that was a sign. I'm like, dude, I'm about to interview Brandon today. And I just read this. I, we were about to interview Brandon today. And we, I just read this shit. I'm like, holy shit. But yeah. You're exactly right. And, you know, you go to the guy who's on his deathbed. He's 80 years, 80 years old. He's looking back at his life. He's not saying, oh, man, I wish I had seven more plasma TV screens. He's not saying, oh, man, I wish I would have gone to Italy for another three months. No, he's saying, I wish I could live another year. I wish I could spend more time with my family. I wish I could have greater health and live another day. So we have it all backwards. If you strive to make money and you strive to be someone that's cool and prominent, you will always have a hole in your heart. Beautiful, bro. Awesome, awesome. So, Brandon, we have this thing that we started with our first episode. It's uh, making a toast. So we're going to ask you a question. 
and then you're just going to give us your feedback on it, okay? You ready? Sounds good, brother. All right. If you were going to give a toast to the future of Southwest Florida, what piece of advice would you want to provide to those listening now? I would say to engage fully with the people around you. Be fully aware of the needs that are around you. Don't just walk into your car every day and drive to work and do your thing and come home. No, be fully aware of the need that's around you. You cannot reach your full potential as a human being, as a man, as whatever, until you're fully engaged with the world around you. There's a lot of need out there. There's a lot of people that are hurting. There's a lot of people that need help. If you are strong and you're breathing, you can walk out that door and do what you do every day. You can help someone. And this area, Southwest Florida, has a lot of need. Who's bridging that gap? Let's be the people that do that. Bro, awesome, man. I, re- I really love um, your answers to that question, man. Um, but, yo, appreciate you for coming out, man. I know it was a long drive for you. I told you I live on the other side um, of the city. I had to take a flight over here, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. You t- would you take Spirit Airlines? <laughs> you took that mega bus. <laughs> mega bus, bro. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for coming out once again, bro. Um, yeah, man, y'all check us out. Y'all follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. All right. Yep. This is Toast to the Good Fellas. Remember on our IG, you can leave us feedback. On Facebook, you can leave us feedback. Send us links to stories you want us to talk about. If you want to be a part of our podcast, email, email us and share your story with us so that we can go ahead and share your story to everybody in Southwest Florida. Brandon, again, thank you. We appreciate it. 